Hello everyone and thank you for listening to the Sunday morning writing session. This following episode is a, is a catch up of the show. So it will it's a it's a live show uh, and then we've recorded it and we put it up there for you to listen and catch up on. So just bear in mind it might be a bit messy because it's been recorded live but it should still be a lot of fun and I hope you enjoy it. Thanks a lot Nick Byard. Hello and welcome to the Sunday Morning Writing Session, the podcast that tells you to do art badly. My name is Nick Byard, I am a stand-up comic in Reading, England. I'm also the promoter of Mates Rex Comedy Club and the host of this show. Thank you for watching. Hello, hi guys, hi, how's it going? Uh, let's get off this, let's get off this. Ah. No, unshare, <laughs> unshare. There we go. Hi guys, my name is Nick Byers. I am the uh, I'm the host of. Uh... Oh, no, it's so professional. I'm the host of this show, uh, and uh, I'm also uh, also the, a stand-up comic in Reading, and uh, I'm the host of Mates Rates Comedy Club. Thank you for joining us. Uh, oh, hello, Caitlin. Uh, this is so shambolic. This show today. Uh, can you turn off your mic and uh, and camera, please, Caitlin? Thank you. Uh, so yeah, thank you. This is the show where we uh, we tell you to do art badly, and and also uh, also podcast production, I think, as well. Uh, we're we're going we're going to talk to artists at the forefront of uh, England's creative cre- creative frontiers. We're going to find out what makes them tick. We're going to. Uh, we're going to learn about people's creative processes. Uh, I think when you get older, you you kind of you disconnect from creativity. When you're a kid, you draw, you sing, you play music, and that's a that's a huge part of your life. It's a big thing. And then something happens when you get older. Uh, you might you know might get a job. You might you might have been crushed out by education. You might have have had been told at school by other kids that creativity is for nerds and carry that with you. And we're all about showing that creativity is good for everyone and that it can be beneficial on any level. You don't have to be brilliant. You don't have to be Mozart. You can just be scribbling away and you can get something out of that and you can have a process and a system to that. And hopefully by talking to these people at the frontiers of Reading's, of Reading, well, if England England is bigger than Reading, of the UK's creative frontiers, you'll be inspired to do art badly or well and making money and a profit off it who knows uh, and you know it's not like i am this guru who knows the secrets of how to do everything this is very much the blind leading the blind you know i've got a set that i'm very happy with that i work very hard on but i'm hoping to learn from the people i'm interviewing today and hopefully you will too and you'll feel inspired to go out and do things and as always if you want to message the uh, the podcast and share what you've got that would that would be great we always are interested to hear what you're working on and how you're expressing yourself. Uh, but before we get to the show, uh, I'm going to tell you what's going on in my life. So, uh, so guys, I had a, I, I've been doing the online dating and I, I had a had a virtual date yesterday, and I'm still, you know, I'm still in a bit of a, I'm not sure how well it went. Like she was nice, but she was also a daily. Like I mentioned that I get my morning news from the Guardian. And she mentioned that she gets it from the Daily Mail. And that immediately scares me. Uh, but, but I don't know, maybe maybe I'm too quick to judge people. I'm going to sleep on it and think about it and see how it goes. But I don't know. I, I mean, I'm never sure if I'm too picky with people 
because I know I'm an inherently unreasonable person. You know, I've got, I've got, you know, I've got, I've got Karl Marx here. I've spent all my time, uh, uh, you know, writing comedy surrounded with creative bohemian types. So it's it's very you kind of develop a certain tunnel vision view of the world. You realize it's hard. You have to remember that not everyone is a, is a lefty bohemian uh, socialist. Not Most people aren't like that. And if, if you're kind of limiting yourself, but I don't know, I don't know. You kind of, you know, if you like someone, you know, if you're going to fit with someone I just, I don't know. I don't know. Cameras are hard. She was very nice anyway. And, and you know, I'm hardly perfect either. Uh, but anyway, what, what else is new with me? Well, uh you know i'm i'm we're getting to the end of dry january i've gone a month and uh and the last week of december without drinking and i have to say it's been it's been so beneficial not drinking like i was finding i would get to a friday night and i would i'd have a couple of beers just to feel like it was friday uh, by myself and then i'd feel so tired and low the next day and since not drinking i've got so much more energy i'm being much more productive but I don't know. I don't know, guys. I, I, I'm thinking of continuing it, but I, I do like a beer. I do, I do like going to a pub and the different flavours and, you know, trying different beers. And But may, maybe I should keep not drinking, at least for lockdown, and then, and then get into the habit where I only drink in pubs socially. That might be a way of doing it. Or maybe I should, maybe I should give it up completely and embrace this new sober uh, lifestyle that I've adopted thanks to uh, the world blowing up. I don't know, like it's, you know, I haven't had, I'm doing proper clean living this year. Haven't had, I've only had one takeaway and that was, that was to celebrate something. So I don't know, maybe, maybe I should, maybe I should, uh, maybe I should go full sober. Who knows? This is very Mark Marinesque. Uh, if you're not watching this live, feel free to skip to 10 past 11 where you, you can avoid the Nick Bard video diary and go straight to the interviews. But we're, we're going to stick with this because part of, part of why I'm doing this is actually to, to get used to just talking, getting out of the stru- joke structure, more into, into free talking. Uh, what else is, well, like, it, it's like the highlight of your week at the moment is going to Tesco's. Like, you go there and I feel like my social skills are not working at the moment. Like, just making basic eye contact with people is hard from being locked in the house all this time. It's it's weird. It's a weird like I'm worried that I'm going to come out of this and I'm going to kind of like lockdown and and then become this person who maybe just interacts with people through screens. It maybe won't happen that way. But but I don't know. I do. You, you kind of worry that you're going to like your prison. Does anyone else? Does anyone else feel like that? Uh, I don't know. It's like there there are many good things uh, about lockdown that could you know that could uh could benefit us i think working from home is going to help us a lot and i think we're all having to learn to be with our own company and think better about mental health but yeah i just i worry i'm gonna like it i worry we're gonna get to the end of this and part of me is gonna be like well maybe maybe i'll just never leave the house and i'll just message people on instagram forever i don't know i don't think that'll happen i think i'll i think i'll be fine I think I'll be out partying as soon as the doors are open. As soon as we can leave the house, I'll be the first one there, uh, throwing my jumper around and and hugging people. I don't know if I do that. It will it will be nice when we can hug people. It's been since hasn't had a hug since 
December with my parents. That was nice. Uh, uh, and, you know, it's been a while. Physical contact is very important. And I'm, I'm looking forward to when I can dance again as well. That's going to be big. I feel like when lockdown's over, I'm going to, like, I might even pause comedy for a bit and just go on a, a bing, a bing, a swing dance binge and just do as much swing dancing as possible and, and maybe get lost in that for a while before I resurface because, oh boy, I'm missing swing dancing at the moment, I tell you. Uh, you know, my life is, man cannot live on comedy, writing and books alone. You need, you need that, those, those networks of people that you're, you're friendly with that are maybe not part of your inner circle, but that you have consistent positive interactions with, but you just don't have to deal with their nonsense. Like you have to look after them. You just see them, have a nice time and then forget about them. That's good. But anyway, right, we're past we're past of the the Nick Bard update. Uh, let's let's introduce our co-hired host for the show. So uh, this this week uh, we are we're joined by my business partner, my friend. He's a comedian in his own right. Uh, he's you've seen him here last week. He's he's a regular co-host. Uh, we might have a different one when he if he gets bored. But for now, he's you know he's a consistent guy. He's very funny. I'm looking forward to hear what he has written this week. Please welcome to the podcast, Carl Richard. You all right, mate? Hello, how are we doing? You all right? Yeah, you enjoying the manic energy today? It is quite manic. I was enjoying it. I was enjoying it. <laughs> That's good. How are you doing, Carl? I was good. I was really, I was actually really enjoying it. I was like, how long can he go for? Like, what, yeah. what happens <laughs> if I... Not how long will he go for? Like, how long can he go for? And what happens if I just don't turn up? Yeah, that would be that. Maybe we can do that one uh, one month. <laughs> so, so Carl, you, you've had a you've had an interesting uh, you've had an interesting Friday, haven't you? Interesting Friday. Well, yeah, you, you managed to find a new way of entertaining yourself. Well, yesterday, I, I that was yesterday was Saturday. Yesterday, I managed to eat a wee chocolate and watch Independence Day, which is one of the most intense experiences of my life. <laughs> That was Saturday. Friday, uh, I've had a quite, I've not gone this quite sober run that you are. So Saturday, um, I ate a weed chocolate and watched Independence Day, which, wow. I mean, well, that, it was good. It, wow. <laughs> like, American patriot is that Will Smith punches an alien in the head. And then, yeah, it makes you want to go out and murder some aliens, doesn't it? Well, I was watching And it join through, the American Air Force. Sort of watching it through the prism of what Americans like. Now, you remember in the 90s when America would like save the day in all the films? Yeah, yeah, I remember that. That yeah, was a good that, time. That seems really funny now when you consider it in America. <laughs> like the president's this really handsome kind of superhero, like, minute. we're going to do, we're going to save the people kind of guy. And you're like, well, that's not, it's not the America we know today, is it? No, no. How, how sad. What a sad world we live in, eh, Carl? And then Friday, um, I got drunk on Omegle and convinced them, um, like, I uh, spoke to like students online who were like, strapped, uh, like stuck in lockdown in Nottingham, and I just gave them drunken life advice from a thirty-year-old. That was yeah. Fun as well. That I mean, I feel I feel like that could be a good, uh, just a good segment section of the show, Carl. Maybe we should get you drunk at like half eleven, and then just hear your advice. <laughs> I don't know how long we could sustain this a section of that for. But yeah, what, what 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 advice did you give out of interest? Did you have anything anything uh, that you think we should share with our viewers? Uh, well, 
I was pretty drunk. Then. What did I say? I, said, well, I mean, <laughs> maybe nothing. Maybe nothing. I think I said, I said, uh, you know, um, don't quit uni, and they were like, we can't. We're literally trapped. Here. So I was like, well, that's that one over, isn't it? Okay, Thanks, Carl. Yeah, it's for that, buddy. All right, mate. Well, um, look, shall we? Shall I show you what writing I've done this week? Show me your work. Show me your. So, work. guys, people in the audience, this is the part of the show where we show. Uh, how writing is for everyone by by you know i'll go through some of my material i'll maybe get some feedback from carl maybe not maybe he'll just stare at me blankly and, and try not to hurt my feelings but uh you know <laughs> it's it's part a big part of this show is is the writing process and you know new material half written material and showing how how we create things so i'm yeah i'm going to show what i've written this week so carl to start with i've uh, do you remember that joke i wrote last week about how uh, I I struggle to connect with people uh, by by banging on about class politics all the time. Yeah, I've written a new ending to it, so I'll start with that, and then I've got some brand new jokes to you. So maybe if you were here last week, you would have seen the original version of this, but we're we're going to do a new version of this joke now. Uh, so let me bring it up. Du, 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 du. Oh, it's so smooth. Uh, I have written this down somewhere. Oh, uh, here it is. Okay. So, like, I struggle to connect with people because every time I have a problem, I, like, immediately connect it with the broader class struggle. So, like, this bus is late. Fuck Thatcher. Oh, my cup of tea has gone cold. Must be a defective free market kettle. My girlfriend dumped me. Looks like Chinese steel isn't the only thing being dumped around here. And now I'm sad. <laughs> Just like Welsh industrial workers. I'm so proud of that. <laughs> I feel like these... Oh, I'll go for the rest of my material, Carl. I feel like every six months, a new improved me emerges. So my brain goes, fuck the old me. That guy's an idiot. He didn't know anything about intersectional feminism. Is that a joke? I don't think that is a joke. It's not a uh, joke, is it? It's not, no. <laughs> not structurally. No, it's just... Not structurally. <laughs> it's alternative comedy. <laughs> I think it's sad that Che Guevara never got to wear his shirt. Look, look, everyone. It's me, the man who brought you all this. Communism. Uh, imagine I like being... I like that too. <laughs> Thank you, Carl. <laughs> imagine being rich and unsure if all of those beautiful women love you. Yeah, it must be much worse than being broke and knowing they don't. <laughs> it's easy to be anti-globalism, but you know that does mean that all of those manual labour jobs we skipped over to the third world are coming back. Did you have a good day in the office, son? Don't you remember, Dad? Ever since we put that 200% tariff on wheat, my office has been the fields of England. I lost a limb in a shredding machine. It was terrible. And then, <laughs> <laughs> and then I've written, I've got one more joke, which uh, I wrote in the middle of the night. And it is, you know that a date is going bad when you're questioning whether you like women halfway through it. Uh, that's marginally better, though, than when you start questioning your sexuality midway through sex. Uh if I'm, if I, 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 she'll, she'll finish in twenty minutes, and then I can go back to my stories. So that I don't, I don't know what that is. That might just be a, that just might be a disturbing thought. <laughs> twenty joking. minutes, you stallion, Nick. 
I know, I know. I put that in there. That was in the edit. <laughs> I wrote that. I woke up at like three o'clock in the morning to write that down. Uh, and maybe I should have just slept. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing, isn't it? You always think these ideas are worth getting up for. Like, yeah. <laughs> the thing is, sometimes they are and you have no control. <laughs> you know, the the uh, Mitch Hegberg uh, story about how he, he said he'd lie in bed and he convinced himself that it wasn't funny. So he could get so he wouldn't have to get out and write down his idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I wish I wish I was that brilliant that I had to. Uh... <laughs> that you had that many jokes to uh, rely on. I just had that much inspiration. Yeah. <laughs> so, Cole, um, do you do you have any material you want to share this week? How's your writing been? Um, do you know what? In terms of new ideas, I haven't done them a lot. Um, but we that's can, okay. We can share some old ideas. Yeah, yeah. Um, one of the things about writing in the audience is that putting unnecessary pressure on yourself sometimes is counterproductive. Uh, what's so? What's new, newest? Let me bear with me a second. Uh, I'm from a pretty working class family. My mum had three kids in three years, and in between each one, a three month fag break. <laughs> Solid. There we go. There we go. That's nice me. one, Carl. Yeah, me relying on class stereotypes for humour, but. As I have, I'm off, off, off that class. I'm allowed to get away with it. You're allowed to use working class stereotypes. Exactly. That is the rules, kid. That's the rules. Yeah, I, yeah, exactly. I, yeah, I'm allowed to talk about class politics, but it, I mean, unfortunately, I still look and sound the way I am. Uh, you know, as much as I want to help, <laughs> it's not going to always work out. So what? Uh, we've got we've got another three minutes to kill. Uh, like, what's 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 going? What's um. Do you have any any anything happened to you this week, Carl? No, this is the problem. <laughs> See, there's nothing going on. <laughs> I literally uh, said this in. I was yesterday. I was um, recording my, my, my own podcast and thinking about uh, little bits of what I can say in between. And one of the bits I ended up saying was, "Everybody starting. You know, it, it feels like a great idea to start a podcast in lockdown because you've got all this excess free time. So now's the time to do it. No, you've got nothing to talk about. You've got nothing to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah." Yeah, it is. It is hard. I mean, we're just discovering art from the past. That, that mm. I guess, is is what we're all going to do. Eventually, mm -hmm. we'll run out of uh, of TV. Well, look, we're nearly. Well, shall I introduce? Uh, I'll start to introduce our our first guest. So, our first guest of the Sunday morning writing session. Uh, she's a good friend of mine, and she's a she's a stand up comic uh, based in Manchester. Uh, and um, you know she's 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 been all around the place. She she was previously in Oxford. Her name is Caitlin Barkley. Uh, so Caitlin, are you ready to join us? Yeah. Yay! <laughs> I was so worried that that you would have gone off for a cup of tea or something, and that I would just be like, ah. Now I've been watching, listening, hearing about your twenty minutes. Well done. Yeah. Uh, thank you. You. Oh, right, this guy. Yeah. <laughs> My twenty minutes. Oh yeah, <laughs> I just. It's just just propaganda. This is just <laughs> Nick the Bull Bayard. Yeah, <laughs> I wasn't gonna. Well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I shouldn't just make this as a. <laughs> it's just that propaganda. Yeah, you just drop it in at twenty minutes, guys. I'm yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not a joke. It's just Jesus. it's just subliminal it's, advertising. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, so Caitlin, um, I've got my questions. Uh, tell me about yourself. What kind of a what kind of an artist are you? You you're a stand-up comic. Uh, yes. 
uh, I guess. Tell me a bit about yourself. <laughs> Loosely. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, well, as you've mentioned, I'm previously from Oxford, but I've now moved to uh, Manchester and as of this morning officially moved to Wigan. Oh, wow. So okay. I'm in my massive loft room, which is now filled with shit and Lego. So Lovely. And, oh. and Caitlin, um, what do you, I mean, obviously there is no comedy scene at the moment, but like, how, would you say there's a big difference between the comedy scene down south and the comedy scene up north? Uh, I would say there's a difference. Um, there tends to be a lot of uh, southern comics that have gone up north because they're done with the south. <laughs> like a group of us who are all like oh my god people say hi in the street what's going yeah. on um <laughs> but so that's quite fun um also a lot of one-liners so I'm kind of one of the ones out because you know I'm kind of more story-based and talk anecdotally about my life and stuff like that so um it's very odd when you've got maybe and there's a massive scene up here like you'd go to a gig and there's about 40 comics Mm. Um, oh wow yeah so and it's a lot of male comics standing doing one-liners for about five minutes all right you're in the middle going i'm gonna talk about my wonky boobs for about two minutes or something ah it's a nice but... break nice refresher <laughs> exactly. yeah do you, do you like, find I'm that helps and makes you stand <laughs> out <laughs> sorry do you find that helps and makes you stand out more or, or would you say that that makes it more difficult because you're more isolated? Um, I think it does help to stand out. Um, and there are a few female comics up here and we kind of have gelled. So before the lockdown, because I was only performing for maybe two weeks before the lockdown was first lockdown was introduced. Um but there was a group of us that all went out for coffee and stuff. And there's comics from Liverpool that come over and run gigs. And it's a really lovely community. Everyone's willing to help each other out. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice. It's always good to hear about a bit of solidarity. So, so Caitlin, um, like, do you have a writing process? No. Uh, <laughs> no so, this is funny. I've made this podcast about writing and every time I have people on, they're like, yeah, I just wait for inspiration. <laughs> well, the thing is, this is something that I've struggled with completely and I've just kind of had to realise, you know what, I'm better off without writing down a lot of the stuff. So I have a section in my phone and if I think of a funny idea, I'll write a little note and sometimes I look back and go, what the fuck was I thinking? <laughs> what the hell? In fact, I was looking at my note folder and I've just got separate baby holidays. Separate baby holding days or holidays? No, hol uh, holidays, like the sauce in an Eggs Benedict. Don't know oh. what that's about. I <laughs> <laughs> So, so it's kind of so it's almost like working out what you've written is yeah uh so tends to be like i've got cherry pie vape mm. i've got that written in my list and i know that's because i was i realized i've got to that age now where i'm like terrified of children like <laughs> as in like i'm terrified of the kid uh, you know the kids that linger at bus stops yeah. I oh yeah they're, they're scary <laughs> but now i'm terrified of them 
And... He, have, were you one of the kids that lingered at bus stops? Oh, God, look at me. Mm. Of course I was. So you've like... gone full circle. Oh, God. Uh, and now I'm like, I put my hands in my wallet, clutch my purse and my phone as I walk past. It's oh, uh, no. <laughs> really bad. Really Terrifying. bad. I, I walk past and they're like all these lads all sat and they were like smoking. And I could see that they were vaping. And then I walked past and it just genuinely this overwhelming hit of what smelled like kind of my grandma's kitchen when she was making pie for the weekend. Oh, no. And it was like immediately this kind of like, shield shattered <laughs> and it was like oh my god i'm not scared anymore you know it's sort of this it's this weird juxtaposition because you always like thought of smoking as being sort of something quite, i always thought there was something quite masculine about smoking you always imagine yeah. like the like the poker table you know the guys and yeah yeah and it's got this masculine vibe but then you sort of think these hoodies hanging around together and you go oh a candy floss yeah i know <laughs> it's hard to be intimidating when you smell the butterflies isn't it yeah but then that gets me on to another point I've, ri- uh, I've just written, rich girl crazy. Now, this seems to be a trope that's in a lot of stuff at the moment. That's a real thing. And it's like, uh, like the Queen's Gambit is the best one. Mm. And it's male writers writing like rich women at their lowest point. Right. Now, their lowest point is dancing while high in their pants in their living room yeah. smoking drinking it looks fucking fantastic <laughs> yeah there was there was <laughs> i see this meme and it's like women men writing women at their lowest and it's just like yeah it's just someone it's looking just like, someone having oh a reasonably God, good time yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> it's like i want to see someone crying over their receipts doing their taxes that's what i want to see <laughs> i don't want to see <laughs> i want like i I genuinely cried the other day because I couldn't open a jar of Rose Harissa paste oh, no. and it ruined my scrambled eggs. That's I... the that's rich girl crazy. Yeah, see, I don't know. <laughs> I always cry quite to children's cartoons. That that's my um, thing at the moment. If I need to feel emotional, You're oh watching, really? What's, what's that, Nick? I I watch. You know, do you ever watch that show, The Last Airbender? Oh, Joe's just binged that. Yeah, and, that's uh, how I watch when I need to cry. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> he's tried get me to watch it, and I'm like, <laughs> it's very good. I <laughs> so so Kenny, would you say so when it comes to how you write, then it's it's kind of it's more about thinking of ideas, and then would you say you explore them on stage or? Yeah, yeah, I definitely explore them on stage. So before. Um, I'd write something down, uh, oh, this links into that, and I'll have, uh, with a previous set that I used for a competition last year, um, I di- talked about funerals, um, and it was mainly because my friend was doing a, w- having a wedding, and she was going on about that, and I'm like, why don't you put this amount of effort into other events in your life? And then talking about a couple of the my favourite funerals that I went to, which was my granddad's and my father's. And, well, and so uh, is it? So it's more. Uh, and then, do you not write it down at any point, or is it? Or would, is it all in your head? It's mainly all in my head. I wow. tend to, I record it, and there's certain bits where I'm like, actually, you can punch that, and you can hear where people are laughing. So then you know where to go from there. And if something goes off that, you know, maybe stay on there and explore that a bit further. 
So some of my beginning sets have taken a while to kind of progress on stage, but I don't, I don't actually have a written copy of That's, any of that my sets That must be, though, anywhere. such a good way of keeping it fresh, though. Because so, so we, we, we write so differently, Caitlin. Yeah. Because I, I, on my, on my, I'll come in and I'll write out my, I'll have a set list. And if I'm going to ad-lib, I'll write ad-lib <laughs> on my bit of paper. Wow. So it's so interesting how different um, people's brains work and how it, it all can lead to this similar thing. See, I get so angry with myself if I write something down and I write a punchline but then I'll get into something <laughs> and then I'll actually be going into it and I don't do that punchline because I've gone on to something else already. Yeah. So like, I think, And then I, th I get angry because it's like, shit, that's a really good line. Really, <laughs> like, <laughs> but if you write it down, you find it harder to say it, I guess. Yeah. It, there uh, is it a thing doesn't about... feel like it's coming from me. Yeah. It can, there's a thing about it sounding too written, isn't there? There's definitely yeah. a problem with... Um, uh, the way I do it, and uh, the, both the way me and Nick do it, is that if it's, it's a problem at the moment because there is no space to try it on. The way I think, it, my personal belief of the best way is uh, as, is a mix of both. Have know what you're saying and then try it out and then it stops sounding so wooden. But I know what you mean. If you're just following a script in your head, it sound, people know that you're following a script in your head. Yeah. It brings yeah, but it's it. funny because people want it to be written tightly, but they, uh, they don't want you to, uh, they don't want it to sound like you've written it. Yeah, that is, that is the trick. That is the trick of it. Yeah, but that is the that's the game, isn't it? Yeah, that's the skill. That's the skill. Yeah. Ah, uh, awesome. And uh, one. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think that's one of the things for people at home to remember that, like, you know, you you can do this how you want to, and I think that is the beauty of stand up comedy, in in that it is it is very much like. You, you can do it your way and you don't have to there's no correct way well i mean obviously there are more effective things you can learn but it's not like everyone has to write for an hour every night two hours every night like seinfeld does we, we can all do it in our own legitimate way and if it's funny on stage it, you know it's mm. it's legitimate yeah 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 good stuff good stuff well uh caitlin uh do you have anything you want to plug uh no, there's no in my life. Uh, I literally just moved house. I've got a new job starting in two weeks, which means I'm going to be sat in this exact spot for the foreseeable. Uh, so yeah, I've done nothing. Okay, I need well, to do please... stuff. <laughs> well, so, oh, and that's what I was going. So, how, are you finding are you finding it harder to write during lockdown? How how is that affecting the kind of creative input? output i personally feel like i've got nothing to talk about yeah. and I, I got to a point where it's like i don't even know what's funny anymore oh, like, no. <laughs> so <laughs> uh i mean like i said i cried over opening a jar so like i'm not in a great place for funny stuff um, <laughs> but um yeah it's been a lot harder and especially voicing things over and hearing how people take it you can't do that on a zoom gig no no it's very difficult and you know even if you get thumbs up or laughy faces on facebook it doesn't it's not quite the same. it's not what i'm doing it for <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> keep your fun like, uh, yeah <laughs> yeah well you can stick your fun boy <laughs> yeah, I, I think like I guess that's why being kind to ourselves is so important because 
it, it's about uh so i'm really hammering home the themes of, i'm like this is the theme of the podcast this is another theme of the podcast <laughs> but i think it does show that we, we do this uh as a way of uh like you know it, it should be good for you it's not like this this machine we're pushing ourselves through uh we should be kind to ourselves and it should make us feel better and more whole and if you're not yeah. feeling good that's fine we you know and you're not doing it right. right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you shouldn't have feelings. Go away. The themes of this podcast are, are getting slightly muddled, I think. <laughs> Don't bother writing. Nothing's funny anymore. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not trying to yeah. leave the positive note, but but seriously, guys, I'm I'm in a really bad place right now. <laughs> Uh, look after yourself don't be a pussy uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay so i think from this interview we've learned be kind to yourself but also you're you're a pussy and you need to write as much as possible <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> so okay no caitlin it's been really great to have you on the podcast you don't have anything to plug so we don't have anything to push you anywhere thank you for coming uh, and i look for i look forward to uh, to seeing you perform at some point we'll maybe see each other on the circuit soon hopefully hopefully when all this is over when all this is over, when I'm 40 years old. Yeah. Hooray! <laughs> Grand. Great see to have you on the podcast. Carl. Thanks. Take it easy. Good to see you, man. So, uh, so uh, yeah, that was, what a great interview, Carl. Yeah, Caitlin's great. Caitlin is is fantastic, yeah. Someone's great to have on podcast with a, a great perspective. And uh, it's good for people very different to me, I think. It's always good to have people different to you. I think that's most <laughs> people, but yeah. We don't, we don't it's just be a bunch of nerds saying like how they write yeah. everything line by line that'd be, that'd be <laughs> so guys okay so we've got something we've, we've had mainly comics on this podcast but uh i think one of the things i want to emphasize is that writing is not all about stand-up comedy and and sometimes the methods of stand-up comedy maybe aren't appropriate or or you know there, there's other there's other perspectives other ways uh creativity can help you and our next guest is someone who's just like that uh she's uh, she's a very talented uh woman she's a a circus skills performer she's a swing dancer but she also is a writer of, uh, of dungeons and, da- and dragons frameworks uh and you know she will be able to explain all this stuff much better than me uh can we please welcome to the the podcast ali sinclair hello hello hello, hello. thank you for coming <laughs> thank you for having me it's great I, um... it's great to have you here yeah, it's it's good to be here. I um, although I have to admit, you just said you didn't want another nerd who writes things line by line, and that might be what you've got. <laughs> well, no, it's like we don't want we don't want just nerds that write things like we want we want a, a rounded perspective of different people. You know, uh, I don't want to be telling people this is the right way. I'm not a guru. I'm just a white guy in this room. Uh, I have got a campaign poster there though, so that that I think it gives me points. Oh, although that's he was. Cool. I mean, he was just a 16th century white guy, so he's not great. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> Progressive point. Ali, um, tell me a bit about yourself. <laughs> well, I feel like you've, you've given me an introduction that's bigger than, than really me. Yes, I, I'm a, I do. I, in my spare time, I used to do circus and Lindy Hop. But uh, lockdown, has, things. Yeah, lockdown has taken away all of my previous hobbies. And I was suddenly left with, like, what do I do to fill every single night of my week that <laughs> I can't go out and do things with people uh so yeah by by day I am like a medical editor um I I I, I write or and read a lot as my job 
uh, and by night I write Dungeons and Dragons prompts for myself and for my group. Well, that's lovely. Well, tell me, tell me a bit. So, what um, what is a dungeon? Tell me a bit about Dungeons and Dragons. What is a Dungeons and Dragons prompt? Right. So, Dungeons and Dragons is normally a tabletop role playing game. Uh, it's kind of like a high fantasy video game before there were video games. <laughs> so. Instead of sitting at your computer and the computer says, do you want to save the princess or kill the dragon? You'll sit around a table with a person who tells you, would you like to save the princess or kill the dragon? <laughs> so you're um, like a high quality computer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, well, you say high quality. <laughs> the, the, the beauty of it is that you can do whatever you want, uh, like because, you know, you just ask your so the, the dungeon master runs the game or the game master and you know there's a bunch of people with characters and uh, and they say hey uh, i want to do this can i do that and i say yes or no or roll a dice and that'll set, that'll tell us both <laughs> that's awesome and what um, so what would a dungeons and dragons prompt be is that like a question or is it a, the kind of the framework you use to construct the the game well what dungeons and dragons is specifically sorry what's a, a, what's a prompt what's a, tro a prompt specifically ah. So for me, I, there's, there's different ways of like running games. Some people use pre-written stories uh, or like, and then some people create their whole world, like the whole world from scratch. So they're almost like authors who have written this beautiful world. And then every session they've made up the story for what happens, or they've made up a lot of like prompts because you never know what your characters are going to do. It's like an improv game where, like you said, um, you, so I, I use a source book, which creates the world. Um, but then I write the story. So my players turn up and I might be expecting them to go and currently they're on a mission to rescue someone's moon bear, which is like a, an animal that's been captured. Um, yeah. And I, um, you know, I, I expect them to go and sort of find the people that have captured the moon bear, but they could do anything. So I tend to write prompts for the story and descriptions to kind of keep us on track, um, but then also need to have a whole load of... Um, but what I do is I do bullet pointed lists of things that could happen if they do something else. That's such dedication. <laughs> and that, yeah. And, and how do you go about writing this stuff? Do you, do you sit down and, well, we've said you sit down and write it live. Do you, are you essentially, <laughs> do you essentially like write five different stories for each session? Well, what I tend to do is think, oh God, I've got to play, I've got to run this week. And I'll, if I'm not sure what I'm doing, this sounds ridiculous, but I go for a walk because yes. I like when I'm when I'm walking around and I physically can't write anything down that tends to be when all my best ideas come to me mm. and then I suddenly think of all these things that I want them to do I get home and then I have dedicated prep time where I will write out what I usually do is write out rough descriptions in a notebook for like the story so this is like the direction I want the story to take mm. and then on a computer I'll write up like short descriptions for key points in the story that they kind of really need to do yeah oh so these are the immovable yeah. objects yeah 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 if that makes sense or like you know it's usually when they get to a place or um or when they meet a person if that makes sense yeah it's like, uh, like a framework for you to write your framework is that is that exactly. correct all right okay otherwise yeah, yeah. you could just write whatever you wanted yeah, because at the same time, I'm working with like people, so mm. they will do whatever they want. And sometimes I'll have planned for them to get to somewhere and it'll take us a whole session of them doing something completely different that they made up, which is brilliant. It, that's the, the best thing about what I do is I do like some of the work and then sometimes most of the work gets taken away from me because my players are so funny and so brilliant. 
Um, I think that's they, the, I think that's the kind of the great thing about writing for Dungeons and Dragons is it's it's not it's kind of the opposite of comedy because comedy is all about my ego like I'm going up and I'm showing everyone how great I am where you you're you're putting in all of this work and it's actually to facilitate other people being great and other people being funny exactly like if, if I do my job well I just create this like you said it's a framework or a structure for them to be brilliant in and then they have a great time wow like, and 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 I guess that's an entirely different kind of satisfaction oh yeah um, I mean, is it a good feeling when you know everyone's having a good a good uh, time because of this world that you've basically created through your own hard work? Yeah, I, I love it when people get invested in things that are happening. So for me, and this is obviously this differs for everyone who plays, like who, mm. who plays these kind of games. I love it when people are put in positions where they end up really caring about what happens. So like they have to make moral decisions or they have mm. to you know that that investment means a lot to me have you ever like gone george rr martin and and carefully created this world for your players and then like midway through just being like right it's all going to shit now everyone's everyone's dying and being and you're all going to be really sad well i i could but like for me but you wouldn't want to do that though (laughs) no no i i wouldn't like that for that's the thing i wouldn't want the characters to die but like that's i'm biased i'm always stuck because I'm both playing against them and with them. Mm, that makes sense. It's really, it's really weird. Um, but it's like you just want. At the end of the day, I want everyone to have fun. That's not. I mean, that's not what every like every DM is like. But um, some I, some, I are, some are control freak psychopaths. Like <laughs> I don't know. I can imagine. I can imagine a certain one who yeah. wants to control for something getting a lot of that. Well, not guess, you, obviously. <laughs> that's where the art is, isn't it? It really isn't it. It's because you can technically do whatever you wanted but that wouldn't be good for the overall group so you've got to play you know you've got to keep within the genre as such or keep within the mode of dungeons and dragons whilst at the same time trying to keep it fresh and come up with new ideas so there's like yeah. this weird balance going on there it's it's funny how dungeon dragons i think has changed how, how people see it as well because i because i i remember like I remember thinking I was too. I mean, I don't play Dungeons and Dragons, but I remember thinking I was too cool for Dungeons and Dragons at one point. And then suddenly I'm like, oh, all of these brilliant people, cool people are doing it. And I've realised that actually, actually no, it's very normal and a lot. You know, it's it's you'd say it's cha- it's had a kind of oh yeah, it's cha- like a rebrand. Yeah, that's what. Yes, thank you, Alec. Yeah. Oh yeah. So my I got into Dungeons and Dragons originally because my dad played Dungeons and Dragons when it first came out. Um, and he made it seem like this super exciting thing when I was very little. Um, mm. And then, but then I kind of grew up a little bit and realized what Dungeons and Dragons was. And it's like, it used to be the lowest form of nerddom. Yeah, like, yeah. And now, and now suddenly it's like, <laughs> I'd say Dungeons and Dragons is probably cooler than stand up comedy at this stage. Because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, you, if you're doing stand up comedy, you're basically outing yourself as a needy person. Where, like, if you're doing Dungeons and Dragons, you're probably like quite, uh, you, you're like, oh no, this person is well rounded. They probably make a lot of money in, like, <laughs> yeah, they don't need to show off. All they want to do is play <laughs> quiet without someone in their ear going, look at me. <laughs> Didn- do you know what it is it's i heard a lot of it comes down to now there's like a form worse than dungeons and dragons so oh. it's like dungeons and dragons has been elevated because everyone's like well at least i don't do larping ah uh, okay yeah <laughs> like, so like it's cool unless you do it outside 
Yeah, it's cool. That, like, it's that thing where you can role play the character as long as you don't dress up at them as them and then like act it out. It's like, yes, yeah, so at least we don't do that. But then again, laughing actually sounds like a lot of fun. So yeah, I, don't actually, know I was gonna... snobbish about yeah, laughing. Some, something will come underneath laughing. And then at that point, like, yeah. Did you ever watch that movie uh, Grown Ups where like it's it's about, oh, it, it's like comedians making fun of laughing, but they actually make it look really fun. Uh, <laughs> yes, I see. But, yeah. One of one of my friends, uh, one of the people I used to go to church with as a kid, he is a really good looking wife. And I was like, how did that happen? Because he was the biggest nerd in the world. And it, she's like a general in laughing. <laughs> so I was like, oh. But apparently like people have to, apparently within like the video, within the fields and stuff, she's treated like a general as well. Because you have to work your way up the ranks and stuff. So, so that has made me, I don't know, I'm, it's incredible how... That's made you interested in laughing. You think, oh, it's incredible how suddenly it suddenly becomes that. cool when the hot people start doing it. You're like, oh, okay. <laughs> maybe I can marry a general. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, that, maybe that's sexism. I don't know. Probably is sexism. <laughs> do you know, it's funny that you said about, like, if you do comedy, you're outing yourself as being needy. I feel like if you run Dungeons and Dragons, you're outing yourself as being, like, a... I don't know, like a control freak because you just want to control the whole world. Because you said like, oh, you want to marry a general. I'm like, I want to be the general. You want to be the general. <laughs> I want to be the general. <laughs> you think there's something, yeah, there's some, we can't we can't do it in the real world because of uh, the patriarchy and theaters and oh, no, politics. Uh, uh, but, like, we have to create, <laughs> have to create yeah. uh, fictional worlds where we're not all repressed. You repressed. Know, you're, you're so right. The only thing that is stopping me from running a fantasy army that like slaves dragons is the patriarchy. Is it? Yeah, that's, that's the only that, thing. <laughs> that bloody patriarchy. <laughs> <laughs> Why did the patriarchy have to abolish dragons? That's what I want to know. So, okay. And and like so if so if i wanted to um uh, get involved in dungeons and dragons i mean i've got pretend i don't have lots of friends who do dungeons and dragons but say i was say i was like um uh, i don't know say i just didn't know anyone about uh, and just wanted to get involved in this what would i do how would i get involved in it well a lot of people at the moment are doing playing dungeons and dragons online on like discord servers and things mm -hmm. i mean i've never actually done this so not, i don't know a lot about it but you can just go on reddit you can like go on Discord or maybe even Twitch and just find people who are like, hey, I'm playing an online game. Do you want to, does anyone want to play in my game? Or, or if you don't know anyone who plays Dungeons and Dragons, then you find a bunch of your nerdy friends and say, hey, do you guys want to play Dungeons and Dragons with me? Uh, I bought myself the, the three core books and I've read them all and I'm going to run a game. So what um, sort of books, what books would people want? So, so basically you just need a couple of willing people and oh, wow, you, so... Dungeon Master Guide, yeah. available in all good bookshops and Amazon. He had it ready. Look at that. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> this is preparation. That's all promo yeah, right yeah. there, kids. <laughs> well, it's, but do you know what? It's because I'm playing later, so I have to prep for that. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's actually not. So I only started doing this uh, last year because yeah. of, you know, sudden, sudden boost in amount of time and lack of creative output. Um, and... I just asked family and friends. So I cut like the game I run, I got my dad, my brother, my brother's girlfriend and a good friend of mine. Cause I thought they're not gonna be mean to me. Like, you know, they, yeah, yeah. Some, some of them have never played a game before. So they won't judge me because they have no standard set. Oh, uh, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> and so, okay well that oh that's incredible and uh, and just uh so it was lockdown that got you into this 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I was playing, I was playing before, but I wasn't running games. Um, I think because I was a bit scared. Um, but uh, it was lockdown that made me, that made me like, that made me run the games, basically. So there you go, guys. That's in line with the theme of the show. Creativity helping us get through hard times. So, okay, Ali, it's been great to have you on. Is there anything you want to share or anything you want to say or anything you want to plug before before uh, we, we, we boot you from the call? I have, I have nothing, nothing of my own to plug, um, but I would say if anybody likes the sound of Dungeons and Dragons and they like comedy because they're here, um, if you want to kind of like get into it without playing it, there's a lot of Dungeons and Dragons podcasts, um, wow. so you can have a look out. There's one called Not Another D and D Podcast or Not <laughs> Odd. That's that's run. It's like that one's quite very funny and it's D and D. So if you like comedy and you like the idea of D and D, you can listen to that and see if you think it sounds fun. Well, Carl, what do you, as a non-D&D person, Carl, what do, you, what do you think after this conversation? Have you? Why would you assume that I'm a non-D&D person? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're very, that's very assumption. <laughs> you assume you right. I've never, I've never played it. Absolutely <laughs> 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 right. It's, with me, it's one of those things that I've always been part-time interested in my head anyway. Like, I know I would, I know I would enjoy laughing. Yeah. If I didn't think I was too cool for it, I know I would yeah. enjoy it. <laughs> like I would enjoy Dungeons and Dragons. I, even even that Dungeons and Dragons, I'd probably want to put on a wizard hat or something to keep. Yeah, yeah, I would do that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, all right, well, Ali, it's been great to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. And uh, yeah, hope well, hopefully when we can dance again, I'll see you at some Lindy Hop. Yeah, one hundred percent. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Thanks, Ali. Bye. Thank you. Ah, oh, well, what a great interview. Yes, it's very nice. <laughs> yes, yeah. So, uh, so Carl, uh, what what do you think we've learned from uh, from this week of the uh, the All Sunday right. morning writing I, session? I get to do my Jerry Springer moment. <laughs> yeah, I like how I'm making you do the wholesome. <laughs> some, <laughs> the <laughs> these, <laughs> I've got to learn a lesson. What's Carl's lesson? Well, no, it's my lesson. It's not just your lesson. I mean, I can't be like I can't. I feel like it's too arrogant if I am just declaring to everyone. So we've learned. <laughs> right. What do you what think have, we've learned? What have we and then learned? I'll say what I think we've learned. I think we've learned. Um, don't expect everyone to write the same way that you do, even if you want. Yeah, to do I think I think I think we've learned that that writing. Yeah, you, if you find a way that works for you, that's completely fine. We need to be kind to ourselves when writing. Uh, you don't have to, you know. Some people we've we've seen we've had a great example of the diversity of writing styles. So we've got Caitlin, who's very, uh, I think it's fair to say, very improvisational. Uh, writes uh, talks around ideas, which is is a big thing in stand up comedy. And then we've got Ali, who um, who who writes, uh, you know, lots of different frameworks for people. But again, there's this, there's even there's even an improvisational element in that because she's she's creating a, a platform for other people to do things. I think also what I caught off on is is how walking is a big part of the writing process. Uh, mm. The philosopher Edmund Burke said he didn't write anything uh, after he, he felt like going for a walk a day was a really important part of the writing process and and uh, it's interesting that we see someone like uh, i mean I, it's a bit strange comparing uh, dungeons and dragons writing to Ed, edmund burke but anyway like you know ali has gone and gone for a walk and found that helps her writing process and i i agree with that too uh, and i think we're also seeing how writing can be you know we shouldn't be hard on ourselves for not producing what we want to but also how it can be a great way of, of dealing with the times we live in. Beautiful. There you go. That's my, my speech. <laughs> Sunday morning sermon. <laughs> but I, to be honest, I generally didn't know that uh, a game of um, Dungeons and Dragons would that. So that it really is a fine art that you're doing there. When you're allowed to do 
what 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 Ali was doing when you're allowed to essentially make any rules you want, but if you make any rules you want too far, it will ruin the game. So what you're doing, I mean, that really is. It's a real art in itself, isn't it? Yeah, there is an art in itself to that. That is a real skill. I bet there's loads of rubbish people. Yeah. Oh, this person, they just, you know, they've made a... They just, every time something hard happens, they're a dragon in a pit. Why is there a wizard on a motorbike now? What's going on? This person's not in in line with the game. (laughs) Yeah, I think think it shows, and it shows how much work goes into these things and how these things are not necessary. I think what I find interesting about Dungeons and Dragons is it's not something before it's for your group yeah so it's being creative for your immediate circle it's not like about yeah 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 yeah. so I find that I find that interesting and kind of another side that creativity it it can just be for yourself or a small group of people and you can get a huge amount out of it absolutely well Carl uh well do you have anything to plug this week this week's playlist with Carl Richard is coming out again uh on tomorrow evening on spotify that's me and my uh, online radio show playing hip-hop funk soul and there's waffling a bunch of waffle in between you know if so very if you like good hip-hop funk soul and knob jokes check out this week's playlist on spotify episode I, i'm a fan tomorrow. of this of the place as well i can recommend it as a fan of funk well great okay well guys thank you for joining the sunday morning writing session i hope i uh, hope you enjoyed it uh, i hope you got something out of it and uh, and we're here next week on twitch uh, Nick Bard. Uh, oh, and if you're interested in being interviewed or offending to share, please email nicholasbard at hotmail.co.uk. But until next week, keep writing. Hey. And, and. Make it stop, Nick. Make it stop. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's. Well, I need to record us out. Is, is it still stopped? No, it's still going, Nick. I'm still here. Is it, am, I, am I just by myself? Right, we're playing out. We're playing out, guys. Is it now? <laughs> oh, turn off your camera. Oh. <laughs> How do I turn it off? Oh, okay.